This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 6th, 2022. This or that, tipping or tithing. Good morning, Connection Church. Here, there, wherever you might be, we're so glad you're with us this morning. It's just, isn't this just a glorious day to be part of God's kingdom? Yeah, yeah, amen to that. So this morning we begin a new series called This or That. Uh, each week we'll be looking at two options, two approaches, two choices we have for living our lives and exploring which choice uh, draws us closer to Jesus and the new life that he offers. Uh, this morning we're going to be looking at tipping or tithing. Boom. Yeah. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for joining us online. It's good to see a few more faces, and hopefully we're getting a little bit farther out from all this COVID stuff. Be sure to pick up your free kits, courtesy of Newcastle County Executive Matt, Matt Mayer. And um, if you're at home, we have kits if you leave the service for you. So let us know if you need any. Well, you can come during the week. All right, let's go ahead and get praying. So would you bow your heads, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today and for the opportunity to <clears throat> be here and lean into your word. God, um, you are so good to us, and our lives are in your hands. And <clears throat> we just thank you. Help us live with a grateful heart. Remove any distractions right now so that we can be laser focused on what you would have to say to us. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 Tipping or tithing, this or that? Well, let's start with tipping. A tip is generally a sum of money given to a certain service sector worker for services performed. Tipping, it's a matter of social custom, a, mo a matter of etiquette, and actually this varies country to country. Now in our country, it is customary and expected to tip those who serve us, um, the servers, the people that help with our luggage, if you travel, the, the nail salon, the hair, you know, that is, is customary in bars, restaurants. So in other countries, though, like Japan and Korea and even Australia, if you go to Australia, you don't have to tip. In fact, that would be discouraged, and it would be an insult. There's also illegal tipping, like Government workers, policemen. Has anybody tipped a policeman recently? Don't tell me. Don't, yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah. You know, you don't tip healthcare workers. Sometimes, speaking of tipping, it's automatically added to a bill. How many people love that? Ooh, it's already there um, in a restaurant when a lot of people are seated together. So there's a popular myth that the word tip stands for to ensure performance or to ensure promptness. You ever heard that one? Yeah. 
If that was the case, you probably put the tip out first because then that would ensure. But that's uh, from what I read, that's probably not really where it comes from. Acronyms where you take the first letter and form a word like tip, that's like a 20th century thing. But uh, tip as in a gratuity was first recorded in about the 18th century according to lasvegasadvisor.com. You visit that website That's often. a rarely visited website by Alan, rarely. That being said, we typically think that a tip is given in response to the quality of promptness of service, right? You know, it's how, how well was my meal, was it warm, was it on time, da-da-da-da-da, kind of a thank you for taking care of the customer. Interesting though, according to Wikipedia, studies suggest that tipping is often uh, discriminatory, arbitrary, and based on factors other than how well things were served and taken care of. It's based on factors such as age of the server, the gender, the race, hair color, the attractiveness of the server, and even then at times I had to do this when the, the inebriation level of the customer. Those all are factors in, 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 in the gratuity, and so it's often just even tenuously related to the quality of service you're given. So that's tipping. Tithing, on the other hand, is a biblical principle. The tithe amounts to 10% of the fruits of one's labor. Now, in biblical times, it was an agrarian society. That meant that there were, you know, farming was the main thing. And that would mean that 10% of what is produced would be given back. We find God addressing this in the Bible in, in a number of places, in a number of ways. We're going to take a look, first of all, at Malachi in the book um, called Malachi. And it's Malachi chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Mm. Ouch. Ouch. God tell the people they are robbing him. They're robbing him because they're not bringing in the 10%. They're not bringing in the tithe. God is telling them then to test him. Where else in Scripture does God say, test me? I don't think he does. This is the place he says, test me on this, and, 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 and see when they tithe that God will open the floodgates. You all know what a floodgate is? A floodgate's designed to hold back the flood. So if you throw open a floodgate, what happens? You get flooded. In this case, flooded with blessing. You're drowning in blessing after God opens the floodgates after the tithe. You know, we're here reminded here again of something we shared last Sunday. You step out in faith and then the blessing happens. It's not, God doesn't say, look, I'm going to bless you and then you step out in faith. He doesn't say, look, I'm going to bless you and then you, you give me a thank you with the tithe. No, he says, you step out in faith with the tithe and then watch what happens. He doesn't say you're going to have a financial windfall, does he? 
He doesn't say, all your worries and cares are going to go away. He doesn't, you never have to think about anything monetarily. No, but he says, you will be blessed. A flood of blessing will come your way. It's interesting to see how that comes out when you put God to the test. So, Murray's a farmer. Are there any other farmers in the room? Come on, don't be shy. Um, Murray, you haul grain all the time right now. That's like your main thing. And um, we don't have that grain and taking it to the storehouse. But here's, instead of grain, what we deal in is dollars. And instead of the storehouse, we have a church treasury. Generally speaking, that's how it works today. Mm. I've read some articles in which the writers argue that the tithe is an Old Testament thing. It was in the Old Testament, but then uh, did, uh, uh, Jesus didn't really call for the tithe. It's a, you know, tithe was kind of a sacrifice, but Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Therefore, it's no longer need to be part of the deal. It doesn't mean we don't give, but the whole tithe idea was kind of ancient, they say. Yeah, perhaps. But actually, I think when you read Jesus, it's, it's shared that we not only tithe, but even do more than that. Check it out. Matthew 23, verses 23 and 24. This is like red letter in my Bible. That means the words of Jesus. Woe to you. Not like, whoa, whoa. Cool, but this is like W-O-E, not a good kind of woe. <laughs> woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. So we hear mm. so much from Jesus, I love you, <laughs> you're awesome. He's telling us something here and, and uh, wants us to pay attention. Kind of a verbal smack upside the head. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa to you. He's telling the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, uh, religious folk who often hold to the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. You know what I mean by that? By I'm going to do exactly what the law says, no more, no less, even if I ignore what it's really trying to get across, you know, that's who he's talking to here. And, and, and he said that they were faithful in their tithing, but they were less than faithful in some very important aspects of God's kingdom, such as justice and mercy and faithfulness. Hello. He tells them to practice these things, but not neglect the other. Not, in other words, it's not an either or situation, is it? It's an and both. You don't have to neglect the tithing in order to do this, but do it all. And, and, and then I especially love it when he says, you strain a gnat while swallowing a camel. Think about that one. It reminds us when he told people, you know, why don't you take that log out of your own eye before you go to take the splinter out of somebody else's? It's the same kind of a thing, a gnat and a camel here. In other words, quit majoring in the minors major in the majors. Justice, mercy, faithfulness, they're the really important things, but 
that doesn't mean you neglect the other things, such as bringing in the tithe. All. Do it all. Do it all. And the thing about the tithe is it's more than just a math mathematical calculation of 10%. Mm. It's an attitude. It's an attitude of gratitude, and it stems from this reala realization that everything we have is God's, that our paycheck really is the blessing from God, that we even have a job, and that's a blessing from God, that it's all God's, and to offer God back, um, the tithe acknowledges that, acknowledges that we're giving back first fruit, so to speak, and it's a reminder to us of God's goodness and blessing for us. Uh, we actually are reminded this from the beginning in Genesis, Genesis chapter 4. Chapter 4, verses 2b through 5, New International Version. Now Abel, that's Adam's second son, Abel kept flocks, and Cain, that's their first son, worked the soil. <coughs> Excuse me. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions of some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Those of us in Disciple 2 Fast Track, we have just uh, read this, I think it was two weeks ago, and had quite a discussion on this particular thing. I mean, we're wondering why God looked upon with favor upon Abel and not Cain. And what, what we realize is that it was really about attitude and where we put God in our lives. Because in the case of Cain, Scripture says that he brought some fruits to God, whereas Abel brought the first fruits. For Cain, it was like, ah, here's an afterthought. And for Abel, it was like, okay, here's my best. So for me, it would be like leftovers versus my very best. We talk sometimes about, okay, what if Jesus were to visit? Would we, you know, pull the bologna out of the fridge and, you know, give him a sandwich? Or would we do our best? We had our... Kids Probably are, give them spaghetti. Well, we would, because yeah. that's, your, that's your love language. That's your best. Yeah. And um, we had our kids last night for dinner, and we hadn't been together since Christmas because of COVID and everything. And it's, it was so good. But, I mean, I wanted to, to do it up. I got, like, a Valentine's tablecloth and little hearts and, uh, you know, typical my me fashion. But... I tried to let them know they're, they're it. And why don't we do that with God and with our, our stuff? Um, that's what Abel did. And God does expect our best. God expects us to give our best, whatever that looks like. So several years ago, reporter Nicola Menzi reported on the, uh, it's called ChristianPost.com. It's an online thing reported the story of a minister. That's a tough story to share, being a minister, but like we'll share story. it. I don't like story. This minister and his party of 19 people at an Applebee's who refused to leave an automated tip. Well, oftentimes we don't like those, do we? But 
for, there's a reason for it because too often large parties don't do a very good job of watching out for the server, and whether we like it or not, that's part of their pay in our country. They don't get a large paycheck. So anyway, yeah, the, the, this person, uh, this minister, refused to leave the automated tip for the $200 bill, and instead wrote on the receipt, I give God 10%, why do you get 18? <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of humorous, right? It's kind of funny, until we really look at it. And what really got interesting, he asked for individual checks, thinking it would get him out of the auto gratuity. A bunch of little checks so it didn't look like it was a large party. Ah, cute. Even though the pastor did pay for everything. <laughs> the system printed the individual bills like the one, should be one on the screen, for $34.93. But it was still including the auto tip. <laughs> I tried to get around that one, right? And they were, I'll give God 10. Why do you get 18? The customer had no problem with the service. They just didn't want to leave a tip. So the waiter posted this image of the receipt online and then wrote, my mistake, sir, I'm sure Jesus will pay for my rent and my groceries. Ouch. And so as you could imagine, the story went viral. This is a few years ago. The story went viral. Subsequently, of course, the waiter got fired, unfortunately. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, brother, why I'm sharing this with you today, other than just it's an interesting little story. Tipping a waiter is one thing. Tithing is another. And trying to compare the two doesn't make sense. They're not even in the same realm. They're not even in the same ballpark. A tip, whether it's 15 or 18 or 20 or even 25 or even 30 percent, between, it's a thing between you and the waiter or a waitress, hopefully based on service, not always though. And it's interesting, in our country anyway, that it's a percentage. So you go to a fancier place and more expensive, the, the tip's higher whether it's, but you know, the server comes just as many times to the table, fills your water just as often, but doesn't make as much just because of the size of the bill. But that's a whole other story for another day. That's our custom. The percentage is on that one meal, the service you received at that point in time, in that place. How can you compare that with the tithe when the tithe is on everything? It's in your entire well-being, your income of everything. So you're comparing an 18% on one meal with 10% of your everything. It doesn't, it, it, it's, it's cute, yeah. And it's kind of a clever way for someone to avoid tipping. And, and they appear to be God-centered in the process. Not. I'm not so sure God appreciates being used in this way. Now, I'm not trying to speak for God, but I can't imagine God likes to be in you, especially because I think God expects us not only to tithe, but also to be generous with our servers if they've done a good job in a culture like ours where that's the norm. I'm just saying. Just saying. So, <laughs> if you disagree, we can talk later. <laughs> so tipping and tithing can both reflect attitude of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, a spirit of generosity, a lifestyle of giving rather than taking, of caring for others. But more often than not, tipping is related to the quality of the service that's rendered or some other measure, while tithing 
is related to trusting God with everything we have. Big difference. Tipping is sharing some of my wealth with those around me, and tithing is God sharing God's wealth, everything, with me. And I'm just giving a back a portion, an acknowledgement of what God has done. So in the early years of our marriage, I would say we were church tippers. We were tippers. And, you know, we thought we were getting a good amount. But that's because it was coming out of our money, our money, our stuff, out of our labor. So all of it kind of hurt just a little bit. So we thought we were pretty good givers. And when I share this, it's not, I'm not trying to be bragging or tapping ourselves on the back. Actually, I'm sharing because the, the point is uh, what a revelation it's been when things switched. Um, after several years, though, we had an awakening. And actually, the time we had the awakening, I think it was when we were in seminary at the same time, where that was probably about the time our funds were the tightest they've ever been with four kids and us in seminary. And it was just a very, very financially, a very tight time. But I think that's about the time where we started tithing, which is very interesting. Um, but what we came to realize, and again, this isn't us, this is a God thing. What we came to realize uh, we, was we, were not, we weren't giving first fruits, we were giving last fruits. We were giving from the leftovers, uh, you know, from the margins, uh, uh, giving from uh, after our stuff was taken care of. Uh, and, and again, we thought we were giving a lot, but actually in the whole scheme of things, we weren't. There wasn't a whole lot left over. But the beauty of this story, it's not about us, it's about God and how God helped us realize that we had what we call some stinking thinking. Anybody here ever have stinking thinking? I have it far, far too often. Anyway, in this case, we had stinking thinking and we did kind of a 180 there. And God helped us to realize that we needed to go from being tippers to tithers. And so then we came to realize and to appreciate and to acknowledge that all we have wasn't ours at all, but was God's. And that God was just letting us be caretakers of it. And, and, and that's the important question then is, am I being a, are we being good caretakers? Are we doing with this what God would want us to do, or are we just looking out for us? Are we thinking of us first and God second, or are we trying to, you know? And we came to realize how, how God was so generous. All, all God wanted was 10 and allowing us to oversee and care for 90. Wow. And when, when God woke us up to that, everything changed. No longer uh, did we focus so much on money. That doesn't mean that, you know, I, I, every bill was automatically paid without any stretch. There weren't any months where at the end there was more month than there was money. We still had some of that. That's not to say that that didn't take a... But what it did was help us realize this wasn't something that we had to worry about. We might need to concern ourselves, but it wasn't a constant, because it was God's stuff. And God was allowing us to take care of it. God was in charge. And once we realized that, man, the whole money thing became a whole lot, made a whole lot more sense, at least for us. Right? Well, I did worry. <laughs> 
I mean, it, it's kind of scary to put yourself out there. And um, when I say, when he said we were in seminary and we were at our lowest, I'm talking like public assistance lowest. So it was low. We didn't accept it, but we could but have. We, we, <laughs> we managed on our, but four kids went to college. After a few years of them getting out, we finally caught up, but they all made it. We figured it out. And um, it has been freeing. It was actually freeing for us. And we're, we're so thankful. So thankful. It was just a blessing to just do what we knew God wanted from us. So when we speak about tithing, um, we talk about 10% and, you know, end of discussion. But we can see in Scripture where actually that could be the beginning of the discussion because they took tithe into the storehouse, but then there were other festivals and things that they did where they took their first fruits as well in Scripture. And so for us, what we landed on was that, you know, our, our tithe comes to the church, our, our 10%, which is the minimum for us, and then um, over and above that is where we support, you know, uh, India and Operation Christmas Child and all that's kind of over and above um, the obedience of the tithe. Mm. 21st chapter of Luke, verses 1 through 4. <coughs> Excuse me. As Jesus, looked, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich uh, putting their gifts into the temple treasury. And he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow was put in more than all the others. Wow. All these people give their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Even though we're talking about tithing today, from what I gather reading the Scripture, God's not as concerned about the amount, about the percentage, about the money, as God is concerned about the attitude that we have and, 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 and realizing where it comes from and whose it is. As Jesus was watching these people put their money into the temple treasury, he noticed this poor widow who put in her last two small copper now, in that, in, that, in that world, a widow was in a very difficult position. Anyone without a husband, a son, a brother, a woman on her own in that culture, more often than not, had a tough, poverty-filled life ahead. Very difficult. And yet this woman, this widow, who appears to be alone, she gave her last two coins, all she had to live on, and put them in the treasury that day. In other words, she wasn't just putting her two coins, and she was putting her complete faith into that treasure, her complete faith in God, that he was going to care for her and see that somehow things would work out. She put it all. She wasn't doing 10%. She gave it all. She gave everything. And Jesus pointed out that this woman with these two mere small copper coins, she put in more than all the rest. 
because they gave out of their wealth and she gave out of her very existence, giving everything she had. Wow. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so again, we see that this is about attitude. Jesus looks for us to be more than just tithers, but it's the attitude of gratitude of what Jesus has given us. You know, we have the Pharisee, man, look at me, I'm good, I tithe, I fast, I pray. And then the tax collector, such a difference. And this last line, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, ouch, I hate when that happens. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know, tithing can be humbling, and that's a good thing. Be humbling if we allow the practice to remind us that all we have is God's, that we're merely stewards or caretakers of God's stuff. Uh, and when that happens, it's not so much a money thing as it's an obedience thing. Uh, it's not so much an ownership thing as it's a lordship thing. It's not so much a, a giving God 10 sort of thing as God allowing us to, to care for 90 sort of thing. It's a humble recognition that God is in charge and we aren't. Ouch. <laughs> God is in charge and we aren't. And that's all that is, everything is His. And He graciously allows us care for it. And the question then becomes, are we doing a good job caring for it? So when we proclaim Jesus as, as our Lord, then Christ becomes our model. God is our model. And then we think about how gracious God is to us, how gracious and generous that God has given us everything that we have. God has given his very best, and that's Jesus. He sacrificed his one and only son for us. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. That's us. Through him. You cannot get more generous than that. God's all in for us. All in. So our question for the morning is this. What about you? Uh, 
what's, what's it going to be when it comes to generosity with God? Are you um, just going to kind of stick your toe in the water? Or are you going to jump in the deep end, all in? Um, and we're not just talking to those here in the sanctuary. We're talking to everybody out there in cyber world, <laughs> wherever, wherever you may be. Each and every one of us this morning, everyone here, everyone out there. Are you going to be a tipper? Giving God a little here, there, leftovers, whatever it feels like, whether based on God's performance. Do a good job, God, and I'll give you a little bit more. Think about that one. Wow. Based, uh, based on how we feel at the moment, based on, on what we get, or we're going to be a tither. Not based on what's left over at the end of the month, but bringing it right off the top. You know what's interesting? The government gets theirs off the top. They get it before we even see the check. Shouldn't we at least put God as close to that as possible? I mean, uh, sometimes you can't get it before the check, but once you get it, can't we come close to the government gets? Not a tipper, a little bit here or there, based on what's left over, or a tither. Keeping God in the mix right at the get-go, right off the top, giving God first fruits. I know we don't bring fruits in. I know that, but you know what I mean. Based on what's, what's there at the top, not at the end. Remember, it's all God's to start with and to end with and every place in between. He just lets us take care of it. And, and the question is, are you taking care? Are we taking care of it as God would want us to take care of it? Can we give him a good accounting? Are, 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 are we a reflection are we a good reflection of what the good news of Jesus Christ is all about as we're caring for God's stuff? Are we a reflection of that God is in charge and that we trust God, that God will care for us even when right off the bat we give back rather than at the end with what's left over? That's the good news. So when we started talking about this particular message in our worship design team, and then as we were developing it, it's like, oh, no, we need to talk about this. And I like wanted to issue an apology to those who might be here for the first time or who are listening. And But I've rethought that because there's no apology here. We're just telling you the truth. And it's important to cover what is important to God. And so um, we, we pray that you've taken this in the spirit of just us trying to do what God's called us to do. And that's to teach the congregation to, um, to live out the word of God. That's it. Amen. 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 So, uh, yeah. Amen. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's holy God. Sometimes don't want to talk money in church. It's funny how uh, M-O-N-E-Y is five, but we make that a four-letter word somehow. Father, help us to uh, not shy away from talking about money. I mean, it's important. We, we deal with it every day. But please help us to, to put ourselves in your hands, and please help us to be good stewards of what you've entrusted with us. 
He tells us to give first fruits, not last fruits, not leftovers, not the. Help us to give uh, you, God, what, what we should, and to recognize that it's all yours. We're just, uh, you've just let us take care of it. Yes, these things in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All those gathered said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Thank you.